Welcome to the Week Den Update, your weekly dose of everything Grizzlies, presented by the Grizz Den Podcast and the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Will Walker, and I'm joined every week by John Kraft. How's it going, John? Did we just win a playoff series? Because I feel like we just won. Uh, I think the feeling I have right now is the same feeling I had uh, when we beat the T-Wolves two years ago in playoffs. Uh, I'm very excited. I'm very happy we could actually talk about a win. We're not talking about a seven-game losing streak, so I am doing very well at the moment. Yes, same. I'm exhausted and excited at the same time, which is a perfect time to record a podcast. It is 1045 (laughs) Central Time, right after the uh, Portland Trail Blazers win. Uh, We are now 1-6. and That is still tied for last in the NBA in the Western Conference. I was looking up our offensive and defensive ratings earlier today, so this is before our latest um, game here, but we're 30th in offense with 103.5 rating, 19th in defense with 113.4 rating, and that uh, leads to 28th in net rating overall at a minus 9.9. So, Kraft, let's start with who's up and who's down. I'll go first this time. My who's up is Bismack Biombo, the center that just got signed uh, only a few days ago, kicked off his Grizzlies debut uh, with 26 minutes. 8 points, 11 rebounds, was a plus 18 for the game. It technically wasn't his first Grizzlies game, but it was his first one to start because Xavier Tillman was hurt, and he did all the things you want a center to do for the Grizzlies, who's playing with Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain, and I thought he fit perfectly and has, I mean, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but I think he he has unlocked something. Uh, that this Grizzlies team was badly needing. So that's my who's up. Who's yours? I, I love the recency bias. Uh, hot off the 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 win. I, I um, have so, this is gonna age well. I'm just saying this isn't this isn't just I, recency I love bias. It. I love it. It's gonna so age. So I'm well. gonna go, you know, it's funny because with that I believe Bismarck Biombo is our best plus minus player uh with that plus eighteen. Uh Luke Kennard plus thirty. Tonight. Luke Kennard plus Luke Clark, thirty. Oh uh, it was plus thirty. Okay. Yeah. Well I'm gonna go with before going into the tonight um, he didn't play, and I'm a little alarmed because apparently he's out with a hip strain, uh, which is it seems like something you know you get if you're like over 65. But uh, I gotta go. I didn't give him the what's up last time, and that's uh, who's up, and that's John Conchar, and I just have to give it to him because I just think he's been a revelation in a sea of very disappointing wings and bench players for us. Uh, Conchar has just come in and been solid and done all the things, and I hope get healthy soon, uh, Jitty, because we need you back, uh, making plays, getting extra possessions, and uh, and so I'm gonna. Uh, and I, I honestly think we might have won our last game against the Blazers if he had not gone out with an injury there um, in the second half. So There were two players on the Grizzlies that had a, a positive net rating for the year prior to tonight. Those, on, those two players, Jacob Gilliard and John Conchar. So uh, fun stat to back up your who's up. Okay, who's, your, uh, who's down? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the easy one, and that would be Jake LaRavia. Um, he's just been terrible even tonight in a game where we're playing G league play, like we're playing Memphis hustle players. Uh, we're trying Jenkins is just trying to throw out anybody. Uh, LaRavia doesn't even see the floor tonight. I think it's been, um, beyond disappointing with him. Um, so far the regular season, he's a pretty, uh, you know, like I said, we have some choices. Um, but I'm going to go with, with the obvious one, Jake LaRavia. 
I had about five things on my list to choose from, but I have to go with Zaire Williams. Uh, in the last two games, if you watch the first uh, Blazers game with about 52 seconds left, he got a technical foul for hanging on the rim um, after we had a pick and roll that was beautiful pass from Marcus Smart for a Zaire dunk to put us up five. Uh, and that tech led to a free throw. The Blazers cut it to four. And then just a few seconds later, he fouls Malcolm Brockton, sends him to the line. Blazers cut it to two. Of course, that foul, I wasn't convinced that it was uh, a good call, but at the end of the day, it was two just terrible plays in crunch time, and we wanted to see more from him. And then tonight he comes out and is a minus 17, the only starter with a, a, a minus. And just in a 12-point win, by the way. In a 12-point win. 29 swing just, with uh, him. A combination of turnovers and uh, bad decision-making and just didn't do what you needed. Hey, a starting small forward to do in this league. And so my who's down is Zaire Williams. Um, all right, Kraft, let's talk about this win. Um, it was not looking great there with about seven, eight minutes left. And then all of a sudden the Grizzlies go on a 26 to two run down the stretch. Desmond Bain looked unbelievable. Uh, Jaron and Bain in the last few games, especially have come out and just been the players we needed them to be really in the last two. Um, and, like I said, you had Bismack Biombo on the floor in the closing lineup. You had Luke Kennard uh, finally hitting some shots. And um, what do you think about this win, specifically how we close it out? Yeah, I mean, I have lots of thoughts, but just quick on that. I mean, I, I think Bain and Jaron, and this is why, you know, I mean, we can maybe get there later about just like big picture stuff about the season, but like, uh, Jaron and Bain are too good for us, especially if we get job back for us to lose a lot of games. I know people still think I'm too optimistic about the big picture of the season, but uh, they've been both been awesome. Honestly, what I love about this game is last game. Uh, they both played great again. And I think a combo of Bain kind of having some shaky moments towards the end when he had a 10 point lead with three minutes left and Marcus Smart, I think doing a little bit too much playing hero ball a little bit too much. And I think tonight you have the difference of Bain and Jaron basically saying we're not losing, especially Bain coming through. I want the ball. I'm going to make the shots. I'm going to make the passes. Jaron playing great defense, also hitting some big shots, but also not forcing it. And I think Marcus Smart playing a very good just make the right plays, play really good, strong defense, um, not trying to take over. And so I feel like tonight was excellent because it was a correction, I think, from last game. And here I'm worrying. I'm going back. Like, after last game, I was thinking, you know, Bain – I just remember that Lakers game where Bain lost the ball at the end, and I'm just starting to worry about Bain is, is, is it in Bain's head. And then tonight, just as clutch of a performance as you come, uh, just doing everything you need to do. I mean, this – it could be – I mean, I heard the post game uh, while we were setting up a little bit – you know, and, and Brevin saying this might be Bain's best game ever. I almost felt like with if you combine defense, last game might have been his best ever until the final two minutes of the game. Uh, but again, tonight comes, plays both ways really well. And then, I mean, I believe it's 33 points, what, eight rebounds, seven assists. Uh, crazy. Uh, so good. Um, you know, this is all-star Bain we were hoping to see uh, tonight. And he really did. This might – this I don't know – I can't remember another, like, we're not going to lose game uh, from Bain, and he really came out. He's played some really good games when Jaw's been out before, but this was 
that you know might have been my favorite game of his. Yeah, another observation about down the stretch how we executed, we really did uh, put DeAndre Ayton in the pick and roll and yes. let Bain operate. It was amazing. It didn't matter who. I think uh, most mm-hmm. of the time Ayton was guarding Biombo, and so Bain was getting into a switch and doing whatever he wanted. And yeah. it, whether it was a pull-up mid-range, a step back, uh, dumping it off to the roller, mm-hmm. like he just did it all and was able – there were a couple – there was one specific play that was mid-fourth quarter where Marcus Smart hit Bain on a backdoor cut. It was a perfect pass, but Bain had to – essentially the defender kept up with him and he was falling down and did a reverse layup in a spot that was really important. It was it was after a few offensive possessions that hadn't gone Unbelievable degree of difficulty there. Serious. <laughs> and, and I know that his, his wingspan isn't like incredibly long, and so he does have to fall in order to create space around some of the bigger defenders, especially by the rim, but he has gotten so good. At, at how he executes those. The other thing I wanted to call out was Jaron Jackson. This isn't going to get talked about. 73 minutes in the last two games, two fouls. 73 minutes, two fouls. It was the, this is the key. It's, it's Jenkins committing to playing his stars, especially early on in the season when they're fresh. And then also the stars uh, taking that trust that Jenkins is putting on them and, and, and really playing within themselves and playing smart. And I thought Jaron was unbelievable. And the fact that he, um, you know, I, he, early on in the season, you know, he I could still tell that he's getting his legs under him. He did not look as tired tonight. I think they're, they're slowly but surely rounding into form. And I think we really have found something when Jaron is able to play as a true four. Uh, on offense and defense, and it, it's just unlocked him. And that's what I'm really excited about in Biombo. and it sounds like I'm overreacting, but this is the archetype that we've seen with Steven Adams. We've seen it work with a center like who does the dirty work next to Jaron Jackson. And if Jaron Jackson can stay out of foul trouble and make the plays that he's been making, especially he's just sharing the ball too, it's just been really fun. It's been really fun the last two games. I know the Blazers are not the best opponent to judge yourself against. You don't want to play down to the level of the Blazers, but Malcolm Brogdon is competent. DeAndre Ayton's competent. Jeremy Grant's competent. Jeremy Grant, super competent. Look at the money he's making. Like They have real guys on this team. It's not just a thrown-together roster here, and... uh, it was it was tough, and it's tough to play in Portland. I was just super impressed. We should have gotten it. Should be two and zero coming out of Portland. I, I've never been um, so disappointed. I, I, honestly, I was more disappointed after the Blazers win than I was the Jazz uh, loss. Excuse me, the Blazers yeah. loss than I was the Jazz yeah. loss, just because of how close we 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 had it. Um, any additional thoughts about the game we just witnessed? No, I just, I mean, I think that's, this is what you want your stars to do is to carry the team. And they did tonight. I, I feel like they've done it some other games and we just did not get over the hump. And so I'm uh, really excited about that. I thought, um, you know, and this is one thing to just uh, frustration that continues to happen and maybe not to get negative too much, but uh, just our, our wings and are are just I don't know why they're getting sucked into the lane on three point shooters. Oh, uh, this you know so this, honestly this has happened with young players. It happens with young players a lot because of co- the way colleges plays defense, and it oftentimes is a struggle for us in the beginning of the year. We tend to have this issue where people teams shoot really well from three against us early. So I'm hoping that gets you know cleaned up. But it, it was a lot. We 
you know, I mean, again, it's one of those things where the Blazers aren't great, but I mean, you give Shane Sharp and, and uh, Brogdon and, you know, uh, all these guys, Jeremy Grant, just wide open threes, they will hit it. I mean, they are an NBA players. And so hopefully we'll shore that up a little bit. And it's also just frustrating when you have, we have Marcus Mark, we have Jaron Jackson, even when we have Biombo in, we have Santi, we just, we have a lot of length. We don't need that much help. And so that, that happened a lot. It was very, very frustrating. Uh, so hopefully that, can, you know, I think that's what the good thing is, is I still don't think we even played that great. We just, our two stars played really well. I think Biombo helped. I think Marcus Smart played more within himself tonight. Uh, but we, we still are not like anywhere close to where I think we could be even without jaw. And uh, we're still missing like six guys. So, I mean, all that stuff, the, the injury, you know, report keeps getting longer. It feels like, uh, so, but just encouraging win. I think it would, I mean, I really thought, uh, I, I began to lose hope, uh, when we were down nine in the fourth quarter. So very exciting that we actually came back and won this one. Yep. Uh, we should also mention, it's one of the things we didn't, uh, last podcast, but the in season tournament, uh, has started. And technically that was the Friday night game against the Blazers. Now, if I personally have a few problems with the in season tournament, I, I will say though, generally as a matter of principle as you're not adding much i mean you're just involved you're just adding some color to what is already going to be the regular season i right now i'm taking just as much stock into a an in-season tournament win as i am a regular season win uh i think though the problem overall with the structure is that there isn't much for the fans to invest in. For instance, my idea to fix this would be to have whoever wins the in-season tournament, you guarantee them a floor of the seventh seed in the play-in tournament. So if the bottom were to fall out in the second half of their season, they know that since they won the play-in tournament, they do have that seeding. That would give fans something to root for. Obviously, happy if uh, guys like John Conchar, Jacob Gilliard, Gigi Jackson, whoever's on the roster, get paid 500k. Happy for Taylor Jenkins and this staff, but that doesn't make a huge difference whether I'm going to root super hard and follow the end season tournament more closely than I am a regular season uh, win. And I am just very intrigued by how this goes, and we're going to see the product of it in about a month when they the the last you know the quarterfinalists go to Vegas. And I I don't think we should spend a whole lot of time explaining to our listeners the mechanics of this in-season tournament. All you got to know is you're going to see some funky-looking courts uh, every Tuesday and Friday, except for this coming Tuesday. It's the one Tuesday they're not going to be playing any tournament games. But, uh, John, just for the record, what are your overall thoughts about the in-season tournament? Since we uh, failed I mean, to mention I, I think, yeah, I think I'm fine. I, I mean, it's one of those things where... I'm already invested in the regular season and I already make a big deal out of regular season when I'm a commas, what they call it, a regular season sicko. I mean, I still like all the regular season games. So the fact that it gives it a little more juice, I think, you know, hopefully maybe if casual fans are more excited about that or just gives it something different, you know, I'm, I'll be interested. I'm going Friday. Uh, I'll be interested to see what the court looks like, uh, the new courts and all those sorts of things. Uh, for me, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think we were texting about this. I mean, I think they could do figure out a better way. I don't know whether that is like giving them an extra getting an extra draft pick or or some kind of incentive that I do that I do think gets the fans excited. Uh, I will say I, 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 I do believe that whenever we get to this one game that doesn't matter, the finals, which is the only game that won't matter on your regular season, I actually do think people will watch. I think it will get a little bit of a ratings boost. And I think that uh, since the NFL is playing on Christmas this year 
And, you know, and so a lot of times, a lot of people get injuries around that time. I actually think, you know, bringing in a, an NBA game with a little juice uh, before January, I think it's a good, I think, I think it's an interesting fix. Uh, I mean, interesting try. And for me, I'm hoping that in the next three, four years, they shift it, make some ad- adaptations and something like your idea with giving it stakes, I think matters. I think they, I think, you know, I'm not going to be too critical because I think they're experimenting and going to try to figure stuff out. Uh, as we go. So this, I think this is not going to be what the tournament looks like next year. I think they'll kind of make some, make some uh, tweaks as we go. So, and by the way, in case you're just really care, uh, if we were going to lose a game, the Blazers were the team to lose to, uh, because I think they're pretty, I'm pretty positive. They're going to lose <laughs> two of the other games because they're not very good. And so we, I think we're still very much alive. If you care about those things, I don't really care. Uh, but if you do, I think we're very much alive uh, in the in-season tournament, even though we took a loss on Friday. But I think that's about as much as we should talk about it. 0-1 in the in-season tournament. That's all oh we're going to say here. 0-1 <laughs> so far. Uh, okay, Santi Aldama made his return finally yeah. from an ankle sprain. He did play limited minutes off the bench. Mm-hmm. He played 19. And he did some stuff. Seven points, five yeah. rebounds, three assists. Um, shot it pretty well. I thought that his... You you definitely had a couple turnovers, that weird flopping penalty. The the rule changes are really gonna hurt poor Santi. <laughs> the rip through uh, more the than rip through and the flop is a double whammy for him. Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. Them not really he, calling uh, rip throughs anymore and the flop. That's like two two big hits for for uh Slim Spain. Yeah, he adds another uh, dimension I'll, though with his playmaking and I just it was really great to see him on the floor. He can he's obviously a step ahead of our wings. I wouldn't mind seeing him be more of like that 3 through 5 depending on who's in the lineups, but overall was happy with his return. What do you think? Yeah, and and he he had a rough playoffs uh especially with Jaron some and I I take that to be the Lakers matchup and their their size and he's still super young still trying to get some strength but I mean at this point regular season when Jaron and Aldama are on the floor that is they they have a really really good plus minus we win with that lineup so I'd like to see more of that and and honestly I thought he had a I thought he had an excellent first half and I think the second half his lack you know lack of being in NBA games, uh, just kind of his wind, tired, uh, kind of was like a little weak on some rebounds. I just think it kind of caught up to him that he hadn't played yet this year, but uh, but very encouraging all around. And I actually thought, like, great first half. I just think he, he fell off a little bit in the second half. Um, and, you know, I was also, you know, it's funny we talk about all these things. We're a different team when Luke Kennard actually hits his threes. I mean, we're such a different team. So uh, I'd also throw that out there as another another thing about tonight's game compared to the previous games is just we're a totally different team uh, when Luke Kennard's hitting his threes. And we've missed that. And, like, he wasn't going to be, like, 1-18 in 18 forever. I keep telling people. Uh, there's nothing strange. I mean, when you have a career, you know, 44 45% three-point percentage, it's going to even out eventually. So And five boards, too. And for what I know that my 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 little narrative about Kennard is the sneaky rebounder. I thought about that tonight when he was thr- when he was grabbing some rebounds in that lineup we played to end. You know, I mean, we played him as basically the three. Uh, when we think about uh, which I thought was interesting, when we think about uh, eventually the Jaw Bane Smart lineups, and we thought about could Kennard maybe be a closer uh, before Jaw gets back, and I, I actually like tonight. I mean, with the Biombo Jaron. And the three guards, I actually like that look tonight. So we'll oh, see if it 
it was fantastic. It's a return. Especially if Biombo is on the offensive boards. And honestly, I was impressed with his his ability to get it out to the open guy after getting an offensive rebound, securing it. And Kennard, more often than not, is going to be one of those guys who's open, especially if he's playing the three, because you assume whoever's guarding Kennard is going to also try to crash. And so I could see a scenario where Kennard gets those kickouts for second chance opportunities. But yes, 15 points for Kennard. He was going to be my who's down when I was taking notes before this game, and now he might have crept into the who's up. Let me go through just a couple more of my who's down because I, I really I mean we can't we're we're in the moment we just got to win we are one and six yes bottom of the standings Derrick Rose out with left knee soreness same knee that he hurt uh, years ago uh, Jacob Gilliard has now appeared in as many games this season as Derrick Rose <laughs> Gilliard by the way had a an incredible through the legs pass to Jaron Jackson tonight you're gonna hopefully see that on some highlight reels and he does some stuff. Yeah, it's just he also had he also was on he also somehow uh, was in his like five ten frame intimidated the Blazers enough tonight to where they like got confused and tried to throw an alley oop to two people, uh, which I thought was a big momentum shift, but it was pretty hilarious. Uh, you know, watching him little guy with three guys running on fast break and they somehow messed that up. But yep, hundred percent. But it's just a. This is this is what I was worried about with Derrick Rose from the beginning. Just he's not going to be playing a whole lot of games, and 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 I didn't think we were going to have this issue this early. Uh, I I even thought that we would at least get yeah. to maybe game number fifteen before this popped up. But he's just reevaluated in a week, so this doesn't yeah. guarantee he's going to be back anytime soon. And um, you know, I don't know. It, I, I continue to say I would have done something different with the signing. I continue to say that I ultimately blame Ja more than I do the front office for this because I hate that there was even a need felt to have to bring Derrick Rose on the roster. Um, and, yes, I love the moments when he checks to the game in FedEx Forum and it goes crazy and it brings the crowd up. Yes, he's had a couple highlights, but it's just not worth it. Like, we need somebody legitimate. Uh, Jacob Gilliard can't be the... Uh, you know, pool court in case of emergency here. Uh, we need somebody else. And that's why my bold prediction to start the season was that he wasn't, that was that Derek Rose wasn't going to be on the roster at the end. We'll see. I hope it's not a trend. I hope this is just a temporary thing, but this is what's been plaguing him his whole career. No, I mean, and I told you, I mean, back when we were kind of doing our little debate and I, I was actually, you know, I think I was like encouraged by the culture stuff and the other things. Uh, I told you though, that I said, yeah, this is that if, if Derrick Rose can't be a backup point guard for us to, until Jaw gets back, that it is probably a bad signing, and we already have that. We already have injury. Um, you know what? Three, you know, basically three, four games into the season, and I do think, yeah, because I don't know what. Uh, I mean, besides just trying to throw in a lot of multiple guard lineups, I mean, I'm actually, you know, I, I think if Conchar is going to be injured for a while, I don't know. I mean, I think we might have to start thinking about some stuff and making a little trade here or there, uh, or just. You know, because I don't know if we can go, you know, the next 19 games, uh, 18, 19 games with Jacob Gilliard as your backup point guard. And so I don't know what we're going to do, but maybe Conchar will get healthy soon and we can start playing him at backup. I don't know. Yeah. Just to run through a few more things. The refs, they had a last two minute report after both the Nuggets game and the Blazers game. And it was a missed call when Aaron Gordon dunked uh, to put the Nuggets up three. So the Grizzlies should have gotten the ball down one with 30 seconds left the other night, which is just a bummer. And I, 
it happened again. There was a missed call where Malcolm Brogdon actually hit the ball out of bounds with 12 seconds left. It should have been the Grizzlies' ball up to the other night before it got sent into overtime. And it's just things like that that just kill a team that really needs wins, especially when the games are really close late. And it's not very often that you see a last two-minute report in games this close together that that would be not in your favor. And uh, especially with just some self-inflicted wounds as well. It's not like we were completely innocent in all this, but it's these little things where you expect them to see something as clear as out of bounds. Um, and so I just wanted to mention that they were, the refs were potentially on my who's down. Uh, Cause that's, that that's, that's a huge. I mean, that's it's the difference been, between yeah. three and three and, and one and six. So yeah. And they, and they missed and a bunch tonight. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know if the last two minute report, but there's a lot of rough calls tonight, really inconsistent. It felt like they would go a quarter and not call anything. And then the next quarter they'd call everything. Um, just a lot of weird, a lot of, a lot of, you know, mediocre refereeing for sure the last few weeks. And, and I just think that, you know, and, and like you were saying, it just typifies this, the six game losing streak we had, it just felt like everything that could go wrong went wrong. I mean, the injuries, uh, just kind of, uh, turnovers at the worst time, you know, bad whistles, team running into teams that had not shot well at all. And all of a sudden, like the jazz, they just go crazy. Um, and so I feel like the refereeing is just another thing that's been piling on for us. Yeah, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Then we'll come back, empty the notebook, and then move on to what we need to know for this upcoming week. All right, we're back. I just want to run through a few things that we were talking through last week about some trends to watch. Uh, bench right now, our bench is still 26th. That's been the roughest part. Obviously, injuries have a whole lot to do with that. We're 24th yeah. in turnovers, 26th in three-point shooting. But one thing that's important to point out, we're 30th in opponent three-point percentage, which means our opponents are shooting the highest percentage from three out of all 30 teams. So 41.4% before tonight's game. Uh, and I did the math. If they were, That's the basically the difference in seven points. If you're, you have an average three-point shooting night, versus a 41.4% three-point shooting night on on average volume there. 7 point difference and that's the that's a that's a huge number. And so yes, we have not played well. Yes, we have not shot it well, but we're also struggling with the factor of yeah, you know, we need to we need to guard a little bit closer than we are. I put that on Jenkins, I put that on the scheme. And at the end of the day too, you can't help but factor in the fact that this needs to regress. And we saw it in the second half tonight. The Blazers were hot, and then the second half they started missing, and it was a much more normal game and a lot closer, and we were able to execute a bit better. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I'm going to be tracking those specific metrics because it seems to be the, the things that are most plaguing us. Yeah, I mean, I think and before you know, and before we ran the Blazers, who are not a great shooting team, I mean, after the Jazz game, I mean, we were teams were shooting, I think, like forty three and a half or something percent. I mean, it was basically like every every shooter was Steph Curry, like for the first five games. And again, like you were saying, some of that is scheme. I mean, I just complained about Zaire Williams, and I feel like David Roddy as well gets sucked into the lane sometimes and leave these shooters like way over helping when they don't they need to trust their teammates more. Uh, but that's like, that's just not going to hold up. And so the hope was that you had that and then you have like Kennard going one for like 17. So, 
we're hoping these things even out. That doesn't mean we're all of a sudden going to, you know, be in a, a team that wins 80% of our games, but we, we got to make the scheme better. Uh, we got to improve, but I do think that the luck has been a big part of that. We've just run into some, some buzz saws and like that jazz game. I mean, I just, I had to laugh after the first quarter, you know, 42, 19 and, and like, could we have played better defense? Yes. But like, it was just one of those games. Now in the, you know, game 43, we go to Salt Lake City. We're down forty-two nineteen. You know, we're it's annoying. You never want to lose, but you know, we we'll, we text each other up. Shot variance game. It's over. But when you've lost for the first four games, and this is your fifth game, and the, it's forty-two nineteen, it just feels so dire. But really, but but some of that is, and this is why we play eighty-two games. And um, you know, and but it definitely is the case that we need to shore up, and hopefully, hopefully, we're going to see that number come down and down um, every week. We d- we do this. Um, because you know this happened last year too. Last year we, you know, we we hoped some of it was Jaron uh, not being there, but we had we were really bad. Teams were shooting really well against us the first I think like 15, 20 games of the season last year too before it started to come, normalize some. Yeah, and I really would like to see them step take one more step out. Like honestly, closing out on three point shooters above the break is not something that Jenkins system prioritizes. And they're really good at guarding the corners. You'll notice we don't, like, teams do not shoot well from the corners against us and don't get a lot of looks from there. And they also don't shoot very well for, uh, at the rim. So it's not as if you can cover every single area, but I just need one more step out. And I'd rather give up a long mid ranger than I would a three point shot that's like semi open at this point because you just got to, you just got to stop the bleeding. And so I blame Jenkins a little bit for that. I blame our personnel a little bit for maybe. B- you know, breaking down specifically, you reference the wings. I don't think Roddy and Zaire are doing enough uh, when they when they are uh, matched up against the guys out on the wing. So something to definitely watch. All right, Kraft, final thoughts before we move on to next week and then crown an MVP. Yeah, just final thought. I mean, you know, and maybe this is a little big picture, but uh, again, we're one in six. I think you could argue uh, we left a couple games out there. Uh, everybody wants to, you know, jump off a cliff. And I know I'm the, I'm the Pollyanna guy and I'm the optimist guy, but I just want to remind everybody, this is why we do the 10 games. And obviously, uh, we didn't expect to come here (laughs) this week and already both of us have missed our 10 game prediction, uh, with six and four and five and five. Obviously we're not going that four and six still in play, but, uh, but part of that, we do that is because you have these and we, we had a two and eight clip last year. Uh, you know, we had, I think, uh, you know, we had a couple three and seven clips the year before when we won 56 games. And, and so just to like remind everybody, we're dealing with so many injury issues. We've talked about the bad luck. Uh, we've honestly, I think looking at the schedule, we've played sort of a hard ish schedule, uh, just a lot of games in a few amount of days, a couple of the better, you know, two of the best teams in the West right now. And, and so just all that to say, you know, don't jump off the cliff. And by the way, you know, we have two players who are in the top 40 of the NBA, Jaron and Bain. I don't think most people would argue that. And Jaw is a top 10 player. There's just, we're like, we might not be where we want. We might have to eke into the plan or whatever like that. But we're going to win games if those three guys are healthy, like we just are. And so, you know, I, I just say, like, I'm glad we got a win so we can be, I, I'm not in here really, you know, putting it on thick, but. Uh, but just that like it's not we are not as bad of a team as we have shown and we're going to get healthier and um, and we're going to play better. And so, you know, I think this is, you know, I think the, these last these last couple of weeks are going to be the low watermarks um, of the season. I really believe that need to know. 
for this week. Our next game is against the Miami Heat at home on Wednesday, 7 p.m. I'm glad the team gets a couple of days off so they can come out fresh. Maybe Tillman and Conchar will both be back, TBD. Then we have a game at home against Utah on Friday. This is the second in-season tournament game, so you'll see our uh, gray slash very uh, faded blue courts. I can't decide what the color actually is, but uh, you'll get to see those. I will say the Grizzlies is not as bad as a lot of the other courts that we've seen, so thank goodness for that. We'll also see our city edition jerseys for the first time. Uh, And then finally, for this week, at the L.A. Clippers. That's Sunday at 2.30 p.m., so mark your calendars. It's an early afternoon game. We'll be recording after that uh, game ends. The Heat right now are struggling. They're 26th in offense, 20th on defense. Let me look up their record here. I believe they only have one win. Oh, two wins. Two yeah, and four. Two wins. As of right but they're, now. They're having a very similar season to us so far, I think. Like a lot of weird injuries, a lot of bad luck. Weird vibes, that kind of thing. Yeah, Utah's two and five, eighteenth in offense, twenty sixth in defense. I think that game against the Grizzlies boosted their offensive rating uh, a ton. And then finally, the the Clippers are only three and two, but right now they're eighth in offense and third in defense. They've had a couple of blowout wins. James Harden, notably, will be active, uh, assuming health, uh, upcoming on Sunday at 2.30. So, Kraft, what are you looking for in these three games specifically? I mean, obviously I'm thinking about keeping the momentum. We just won a game. Uh, I I just, I feel like that, I'm hoping that that's just a huge weight off the back, that we got a win, so we don't have to talk about that anymore, and now we can just go out and play basketball. Because if we just do that, even with the team we brought, we played tonight. <laughs> if nobody else gets injured, and we just bring out the team we played tonight, I think both the Heat and the Jazz are very winnable games at home with a good crowd behind us. Um, And I expect, for both those games, I expect Denver Nuggets-like efforts. And I think if we do that, I think we can win both those games. Um, You know, that's what I would say. Clippers, Sunday afternoon, you just never know with the L.A. Clippers. They're weird. It's a Sunday afternoon game that's weird. Who knows of of (laughs) of their guys uh, because they have, I mean, it's James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard. How weird is that? We don't even know what that's going to look like. Are we going to, are they going to be rusty figuring it out when we play them? Are, are you know, all four of those guys going to rest against us? I mean, who knows? Uh, I don't even know what that's going to be like. But a Sunday afternoon game, um, hopefully we're going to come in and want you know, uh, like I think at this point, I think we should be just clawing for every win. It matters way more to us than other teams as we try to kind of get back to 500 uh, before Jaw comes back. And so hopefully we're going to come out with a lot of energy. Um, hopefully we've learned our lessons about nights in L.A. and there's not going to be any uh, weird uh, seemingly hungover team Sunday afternoon either. So all those things. But who knows? That, that'll be a crazy game. I mean, I just like I'm even like just like excited thinking about all the possibilities for that one. But but I think, you know, hopefully we're coming in riding a three game winning streak and then we're p- kind of playing with house money uh, against the L.A. Clippers. So all I'm going to say is I enjoy playing James Harden a Sunday early afternoon after a yes. long Saturday night. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I agree with gets. I agree with that as well. Um, I mean, do you feel pretty good about the heat and then uh, I, de- games? I definitely think that they are two extremely winnable games. 
who knows? You you never know with Utah with Clarkson and and no. all those guys. But yeah, I think it's to me optimistically it's a two and one week. More realistically, no. it's probably a one and two week just based on who we have playing. Uh, but I'm hoping for for it, two. And it one. needs to be a one and two at least. I mean, I really, I really feel like we 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 should get one of these games at least. Hopefully, two and one. And uh, and we you know one thing is this is the first time we're gonna have two games two days off. So we should come in Wednesday with a lot of energy, hopefully, having had two days off. We haven't gotten to do that in a long time. 100%. All right, let's end this episode by crowning an MVP of the week. Do you remember who went first last time? Because I do not. Uh, I believe you went first last week, but I do not know. You go for it, then. Your turn. I, I, well, I mean, I have a feeling we're going to have the same. But uh, I did Jaron last week, and I think Jaron had a – and a week worthy of MVP, but no question, it's it's Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain's the MVP of the week. Um, like I said, this might have been. Uh, I think it might. It definitely has been his two best games. I think in a row he's played as a Grizzly. Uh, I think uh, he 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 lost a little bit there at the end of the of two of the first Portland game, and but then tonight I think he definitely did. A, we're not losing this game. Uh, that he he kind of came back into the game with that attitude, and he was doing pull ups. I mean, he honestly, I mean, he was he was looking like I think the best of Devin Booker tonight. I mean, that's what he looked like: uh, pull up threes, pull up twos. Like you said, that amazing um, kind of backwards layup he hit off the cut from Marcus Smart. Um, you know, I can't say enough. And honestly, he's been playing unbelievable defense in a way that I'm shocked. He still has the energy to put up all the the points he does with how good of defense he's playing as well. So just all around, he's the, he's my MVP. Hundred percent. I was looking up because he took 27 shots tonight, and that's got to be a record for his career. Went 13 for 27. I wrote down this is his highest usage thus far in his career. Highest minutes in career thus far in terms of his averages still shooting at a 55 percent effective field goal percentage which for the usage he has is unbelievable but the thing i'm most impressed with he has the highest average steal and block rate of his career just an unbelievable season so far for desmond bain though it's only been seven games beyond and i think impressed. he can get even better i mean he he still is missing i think two or three layups uh, a game where I think he thinks he's going to get a foul call and he just needs to take it up strong. Um, that's still happening. And so, I mean, I think he could have had, he probably left six, eight points on the, you know, out on the court tonight with layups. He just kind of, he kind of missed, um, it came up short on. So, so, I mean, it's, I, I'm super pumped about that. And I think if Grizzlies fans should are worried about whatever, I mean, I, I think one thing that we're showing is uh, we have like, our core three are great. I mean, as long as Jaw comes back, but like Bain and Jaron are doing everything we would want to see uh, these first seven games. And so as a Grizzlies fan, at least if if a lot of feelings about this season, maybe, who knows, I just think you should feel really good. We have two awesome players uh, signed for, you know, for a while and another one coming back here in about, you know, 20 games. So a little less than 20 games. Well, Kraft, the Grizzlies are not winless. We had a happy weekend update that was in peril just mere yes. mere minutes ago. Uh, but we're here. We have a, a week upcoming that isn't as daunting as it could be. We're, we've got some rest. We've got some momentum. Luke Kennard and Santi Aldama are back. Uh, we're still worried 
about let's get a little healthier let's get a little healthier (laughs) we're still a little bit worried about the wings uh as we should be but we're also going to be uh probably releasing another podcast this week with the full crew we're going to at least try to get something together because i know we've got a lot of thoughts to to share with you on that front so we will be back with you soon uh if not this week then next sunday thanks for tuning in for craft i'm will we will talk to you next week then